Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, Sean. And this week we're watching Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Yeah. How many different Ghost in the Shells are there? Um, there's the original manga, then there's the film, uh, there's Standalone Complex, and then, I mean, I guess second gig is a, more like a second season, a second series. Uh, it's called Second Gig? Yeah. Okay. Um, and after that, I think, I think the only thing after that is Arise. And Arise is also a show? Yeah, Arise is a, like, it's not a show, it's not a movie, it's one of those OVAs. Okay, and of course we have the, um, I don't remember her name. Oh, Scarlett Johansson? Yes, the Scarlett Johansson movie. Scarlett Johansson. I don't know what movie you're talking about. I don't know what movie I'm talking about. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, So you've watched a little bit of Standalone Complex. Um, kind of. When I was younger and had cable, um, I used to watch Adult Swim a lot when I couldn't get to sleep at night. And, um, you know, Adult Swim always started playing anime at like 11 or midnight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Um, That was like trying to stay up and watch the anime and having like almost dreamlike fuzzy memories of them is like, it was one of my favorite things to do as a kid when I could. It's very nostalgic. I wonder if there's, like, if that's one of those, like, you know you're a 90s kid when... Yeah, probably. (laughs) You have fuzzy memories of watching anime at three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I barely remember anything about the shows I watched back then. Yeah, so that's why Ghost in the Shell isn't, like, a huge, oh, I've definitely watched this, because... If they showed it in order, I never caught it in order. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'd play it at two in the morning. I'd be half asleep. Um, I, you know, I'd never watch it episode to episode. I would just kind of watch it when it was on to have something to watch. But you probably know stuff about the franchise, at least through osmosis. Like, can you let me know what you know? Well, the only thing I remember from watching the show is I remember, um, I think the main character's name is Major. Well, their rank is major. Okay. (laughs) I remember her, and I remember her, like, robot friend that helped her out sometimes. Describe what this robot friend looks like. It looks like an actual robot. Like, it looks like R2-D2. It's blue? It's like a... I don't know if it's blue, but it's like a squat robot friend with, like, a robot voice. Like a vocaloid voice. Uh... And does this robot friend have a particular shape to them? Uh, I don't, like, I don't know. Okay. It's, it's like a, not like a dome, but like, I don't think it was humanoid. Wow, you don't know anything about this franchise. Was it humanoid? No, 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 no. It super wasn't humanoid, but it's just like well, your memories are so fuzzy. That's all. What is What is that robot's name? I have to look them up now. They're called the Tachikomas, and they're spider-shaped. See, no, I said, like, kind of dome-shaped. That was right, a little bit. I I don't know. When I picture, when I think of, like, something being dome-shaped, I don't get that kind of idea. And they they have really cute voices, right? 
They're the best characters. They're very... I, I remember them having, like, a cute voice. They're pretty cute, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's all I remember about Ghost in the Shell, is I remember uh, Tachikoma and the main character exists. All right. So, do you know... I mean, you probably know what the title is in reference to. Um, It's in reference to them being people in robot bodies? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a reference to the whole, like, ghost in the machine, um, the philosophy. Um, I believe it was a book, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I really uh, shouldn't... You want to explain? I really shouldn't babble about stuff that I don't know about. <laughs> I thought you had more to say. Should I Google it? It's, I mean, if you want to. I feel like I know, like, Ghost in the Machine is, you know, is like the person making it happen. Well, it has to do with, like, the brain and how we have a sense of self um, in our brains like our brains are sort of like complicated computers the brain is the machine and the ghost is us you know man so i'm just looking at wikipedia and it says philosophical psychology and i don't know shit about this so it must be mostly philosophy uh yeah (laughs) ghost in the shell has a lot of um philosophy about it good my favorite thing my my you know (laughs) philosophy i love it um (laughs) but um ghost in the machine is basically it's all about how like there's you and then there's the physical you you know well um i always actually think about that in reference to every time someone posts like a text post on tumblr or a meme online that's like what i want versus what my brain wants Mm mm-hmm that's I think that's very ghost in the machine based on like your description. Well, cuz it's like uh me trying to sleep, my brain playing a Blink-182 song on on loop. Right, like <laughs> you don't just automatically agree with what your brain chemistry is like producing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, so it's a very like I'm again according to what I've just heard about Ghost in the Machine, it's very, like, you versus your physical self. Right. Um, Which is, I agree, I, I'm pretty sure the show is, like, because she's in a cyborg body or whatever, or not cyborg, just totally robot. It's like, um, oh, I'm a person, but also not a person? Well, yeah, because the, like, um, the main feature of the Ghost in the Shell universe is the cyber brain. So... In a world where people's consciousnesses are copied into machine brains, um, that sort of blurs the line between the ghost and the machine. And it's that's why the franchise is significantly about the uh, about the issue of identity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original manga, Mobile Armored Riot Police, is... It is Marp. <laughs> Mobile Armored Riot Police. Marp. 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 Unfortunately, there's nothing Marp about it because it's Kokaku Kirokitai. I don't see. None of that means anything to me. I know, I know. 
But um, Ghost in the Shell is the English title. Um, Anyways, uh, the whole franchise is about a counter-cyber-terrorist organization that's called Public Security Section 9. Mm -hmm. And the protagonist is the major Motoko Kusanagi, um, who is, I believe, completely artificial. Hmm. So the original manga was about Section 9, and they didn't take their jobs very seriously. It was very comical, um, and the manga spent a lot of time <laughs> uh, getting in deep talking about and explaining the, all of the politics and technology of its world. It was very forward-thinking about computers and technology, because this was an era in which computers were like basically magic. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot to, it predicted a lot of things about like modern networks and how we interact with them. Um, That's my favorite shit, by the way, when like really old sci-fi predicts modern stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) damn, what's going on? Like, well, like what media is being made right now that's actually predicting the future? How do we know? Hopefully not Black Mirror. <laughs> Hopefully not Black Mirror. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know why I said I think, because Makoto, yes, she's somebody who has a completely prosthetic body, and that's... Does she have a cyber brain? Yeah, she has a cyber brain. We talked about this before, right? Cyber brain is like, everybody, every human brain is like uploaded to the Matrix, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Matrix is based off of Ghost in the Shell, basically. Okay. Um, okay. And then there was the film, um, which was this yeah, huge thing with investors uh, from Japan, the UK, and America all about. The, it was part of an experiment where about Japan's film industry uh, sending their films overseas, and especially for the animated ones, seeing what kind of audience that there possibly is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the most expensive, I believe, of all animated movie of all time when it came out. Dang. I've watched it, and it fills me with existential dread, and it's very beautiful. And (laughs) and it's like, oh, that's where that scene from The Matrix came from. It was in this first. So how much of the old manga and the movie is in the in standalone complex like how similar is it it is exactly in the middle between those two things okay so a little more goofy than the movie a little more serious than the manga yeah like they still take their jobs seriously but there is still some humor it's not all existential (laughs) a little bit of levity yeah like in the movie like like there are maybe like four times when people in the movie smile Mm -hmm. but in the anime it's like no, the major can smile. In the anime, she doesn't blink. Oh, fun. Yeah. I said that correctly, right? In the anime, she can do things like smile, but in the movie, she doesn't even blink. I don't know. I think you got it right. Um, <laughs> anyway. That's not important. So we should just jump into it then. Yeah, that's everything I had to say. <laughs> so we're going to go watch three episodes of Ghost in the Show, and we'll be right back to tell you how it tasted. Bon appetit! 
And we're back. Watch to goes to the show standalone complex. Or just stand alone, because we only watched the first three episodes. <laughs> yeah, um... I actually wouldn't have noticed if he didn't point it out to me. Apparently, at the beginning of every episode there, it says either a standalone episode or a complex episode. But in the first three, in the first three episodes, they, each of them only said a standalone episode. Yeah, they're just, they were just standalones. They weren't a part of the complex plot for the season. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it isn't difficult to figure out what that means. It's basically like, this is filler. If you are only interested in the main plot, skip this. Do you know what a standalone complex is? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm not necessarily 100% on this, but I'm not sure if the anime came first or if the phenomenon came first, but it's a phenomenon when a collection of similar unrelated behaviors by unconnected individuals uh, creates a seemingly concentrated, like, effort. They actually um, kind of allude to that in the third episode. Um, because in the third episode, something happens within the same company as the second episode, I think. And um, they're like, oh, it seems unrelated, but it's probably related. And then at the end of the episode, they're like, we were wrong. <laughs> no, it was unrelated. Yeah. So I, I think I think they might have been, you know, referencing that that idea very subtly, other than, you know, with the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's not super relevant in the first three episodes. Yeah, so with the first three episodes being all standalone episodes, there's not... Um, I can't really talk to the main plot. I can only talk to, I guess, what they've set up the world to be. Right, the world and the characters. Those are the things they're counting on hooking you into it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I have to go on, is I just have to kind of make a judgment of, of the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I was right... Tachikomas are cute. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any other things that I remembered, so I was right. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Tachikomas are cute. I'm surprised that there were so many cute Tachikoma moments in the early season. I know. It was episode two that they were the cutest because there were like eight of them. (laughs) And they, um, one of them got like all shot up and he was like, I'm fine. And the other one was like, oh, he's so lucky. Like, oh, he's going to get an upgrade now. A complete overhaul. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the think tanks are cute. They're very cute. Mm. Think tank? Yeah, because they're tanks that can think. Okay, that's okay. Uh, the Tachikomas are a specific kind, and the big tank ones are a different kind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have three plots. We have the Cyberbrain hijacking, Cyberbrain switcheroo episode. Yeah. We have the Think Tank episode. That's and... not the that's not the minister. The minister is in the briefcase. <laughs> yeah, that's not the minister. The minister <laughs> is the briefcase. What? He died two weeks ago. That yeah. was in the second episode. He, you know, the guy that dies in the society where people don't die because we just put them in robots. 
and the third episode, which was the Jerry episode. Um, a guy has basically a sex doll, and then he wants it to be his girlfriend, and he doesn't. He wants her to be unique, so he kills everybody else's sex dolls. <laughs> Do I got That's, that right? I mean, it's a funny way of putting it, but yeah, you've got it pretty much right. <laughs> and Section 9 got dragged into it. The whole thing about him being a Canadian ambassador and about how there was another attack by an android is literally just so that this counterterrorism group has any reason to get involved in the sex doll plot. Yeah. So the the show revolves around um what they call Section 9, which is basically like um robot CIA. Um, like Japanese international this... robot CIA. <laughs> <laughs> We're living in the future, you know. Currently in the future. <laughs> um, you know, in the past present. So y- you mentioned a lot of stuff that doesn't get outlined in the first three episodes. So, uh-huh. for example, like in the first three episodes, you can tell that the major is a robot and that pretty much everyone is a robot except for the one guy whose name I don't remember. Togusa? Yeah, he uses a revolver in it, so it signifies that he's an old guy. And by old, I mean, like, not a robot. Yeah. He's um, not embraced our new digital future. Yeah, but he has, like, a neck thing that helps him do some robot stuff, like the telepathy that everyone else has. Well, he probably still has a cyber brain. Yeah, I don't know. Um, It's not really talked about, so... But, like... I was like, oh, everyone has some weird, like, robot telepathy. And you were like, yeah, they're all connected to Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <sighs> none of that really seems to get explained, but it doesn't really need to be. Um, <sighs> which is, it's nice when things don't get over-explained. Because um, mm-hmm. it can get pretty annoying when a show assumes you're really, really stupid. Yeah. Like, they make some very subtle references to how, like, uh, Makoto compares Togusa to his revolver when he's shooting in the first yeah. episode. She she was like, you know, you can just get, like, prosthetic limbs and you won't have to worry about, you know, shooting, shooting the target on, you know, right every time. And he was like, haha, I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> he's a natural. Um, so yeah, Togusa and Makoto are definitely the most important members of Section 9, because yeah. Makoto is a full cyborg with no biological parts remaining, and Togusa is a full natural, I believe. I mean, might, they're, might obvious, they're obvious foils for each other. Mm-hmm. Because of that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's weird that you say Togusa is, like, a main character, because I get way more Bato- Bato? In these first three episodes, Togusa doesn't really get a personality. Um, that's because Togusa is kind of the everyman. Yeah, he's that's, the guy that's who, fair. He's the regular cop who goes home to his wife and kid. Um, and and it would... He, um, it's always usually, a good thing in shows like this to have a character that people can look at and say, oh, that's me. Yeah. So, like, uh, having a character that is non-prosthetic is a good watcher stand-in. Yeah. 
I would say Bato is definitely the next most important after those two because he provides all the comic relief and Bato. he makes all the jokes. Bato is very a very good no eye man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he does stuff, um, but but Togusa definitely does more like detectiving and like puzzling out the mysteries, whereas Bato is just always around to help uh, lighten things up a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not always the comic relief in this franchise. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to quickly touch on this so that I'm not hypocritical because of the last anime show we did. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, more of the, like, character design differences between men and men and women. Oh, yeah, with Makoto? Um, yeah, Makoto specifically. Uh, the The women that are, like, background characters are dressed pretty normally. Just, like, in dresses or, you know casual clothes clothes. um but at the end of every episode there's a snapshot of section nine just like chilling in um who's the head dude with white hair um i believe i mean mostly call him the he's the lieutenant okay he's he's the boss guy um so it's like them all chief them all hanging out um with the boss guy and all the dudes are wearing like jackets and turtlenecks and like pants and you know like normal people clothes and then makoto is hanging up there and she is wearing pants but they're unbuttoned and she's not wearing the jacket that she normally wears yeah she's just wearing her weird she has uh, a she has a bodysuit that doesn't have straps so it's a strapless yeah. bodysuit with high cut, um, with a high cut b- bikini, like very seventies, and like a belt. Yeah, um, she's their so hacker. Most of the time, she wears that and a jacket and no pants, and it's really. How does it stay up? I don't know. She's a robot. <laughs> There's a scene in episode two, I believe. It mm. might have been episode one, um, but she's standing there in her jacket and bodysuit, and there are two dudes fully clothed in like suits like suit tie the whole deal and she's standing there no fucking pants and they're like keeping a straight face while talking to her and it's like the so regardless of like the sexism thing like she's obviously designed to be sexy and everyone else is designed to be normal Mm -hmm. um regardless of that like it's just kind of unprofessional if everyone else has to wear a suit that you get to not you get to just wear underwear (laughs) yeah i mean uh, at least everybody like treats her normally like the show doesn't draw any attention to it but it's still not good it's still weird that she's just standing around like that yeah there's there's no like overt like a dude grouping her and her like shyly going ha 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 don't do that they they actually do their best to ignore it as far as i'm concerned but it's still very jarring because she's the only female in the main cast of section nine and um she's the only one designed that way so it's very obvious that she's designed that way because she's female right and not because oh you know whatever excuse they come up with like oh clothes are hindrances and blah 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 blah. i don't think they i don't know if they ever do come up with an excuse for it like it's literally just aimed directly at the audience and never addressed by the characters i think yeah, um, a lot of animes will come up with excuses. Again, this one seems to be doing its best to have it, but also ignore it, which makes it more watchable. I definitely mm-hmm. prefer this over the other thing, but 
um, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to point it out every time, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't just ignore it. Yeah. Um. Anyways, another thing that was weird to me was uh, the opening song was in 3D. Mm-hmm. but the rest of the show is in traditional 2D animation, and I don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just to show off. It's just something to do with the like extra budget that goes into making like an OP. I don't know. I think it ha- I mean, they definitely use some computer graphics in the anime. I think uh, they use a little bit. Um, yeah, you can tell whenever um, there are certain like times when pe- someone's flying a plane or driving a car where you can tell there's like some 3D in there. Yeah, I think the 3D animation stuff was just, it was new technology to play with at the time. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just like, especially older 3D animation always like gets me because it it looks like shiny and weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they have her doing like some flips and stuff in the opening animation. And in 3D, it just like bugs me so much. She looks so much better in 2D, in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I like Ghost in the Shell, Makoto Kusanagi is definitely in most Ghost of the Shell one of those strong female characters written by men, you know what I mean? Her writing isn't too bad to me. Uh, like we said, there hasn't been much overt, many overtly sexy things, like, oh, her trying to seduce somebody or somebody, like, making grabby hands at her. But, you know, yeah. when she gets out of a touchy coma, we don't really need that full-ass shot. Right. It's the camera that is being sexual. The characters are... She, there are no situations or characters that are sexual so far. Yeah, it's... Like you said, exactly. It's mostly the camera kind of giving the viewers what they want, but no no one in the the show says anything or does anything. Yeah, the closest, at least in the first three episodes, the show gets to sexuality is like the like just like the random like throwaway lines about the jerry model yeah and um to be fair that's something that will probably exist Mm -hmm. so in the third episode there is the jerry model which is a basically a sex robot and Mm -hmm. as as i said before a dude gets one and he wants her to be his girlfriend and wants her to be the only Jerry robot, so he starts putting viruses in everybody else's that makes them kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get caught, and the robot says some really weirdly profoundly thing, profound things for being a sex robot. And then you realize that most of what she said came from a movie. Yeah, because it was established in the middle of the episode that her owner the canadian prime minister's son is like a crazy 20th century movie buff yes but then some of it didn't come from the movie so we're left thinking is this robot just parroting back what he wants her to say or is she actually having real thoughts about him like Um, real emotions yeah it's funny because the lines that she's being, I assume, made to act out um, from the movie are ones that are like, oh, you know what? I guess I don't want to be in love with you anymore. And just like, like they're really dismissive. Like she's sort of like a, um, she's kind of like 
Yeah, it's definitely very, um, the lines are all like someone falling out of love rather than in love. Yeah. Um, it, which is weird for somebody who wants to be her boyfriend to want her to say. I, he just, it just seems like, it seems like he has like very like, he's, he seems like he's infatuated with that sort of like hard-boiled noir type of romance. Yeah, and there's always um, some people just are really like in love with tragic romance, mm-hmm. you know, um, unrequited stuff like that. But it did seem like he really wanted to get away. It's almost like he he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. He wanted to enact the escape of the characters from the movie but to like succeed where i suppose the characters failed yeah and also earlier in the episode you don't know that she's parroting movie lines and Mm, the lines that she's parroting are made to sound like oh she's you know grown intelligence because um he's acting really fucking stupid um and she says do you believe in a soul? And he says, I believe in love. And it's like, this robot's smarter than you, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. Is she smarter than him? Um, I don't know. So the episode, the third episode kind of quandary is like, oh, are we making robots so, so advanced that they, that they gain these human emotions that we don't program them with? The ghost. Yeah, um, Bato literally says, oh, she doesn't have a ghost, which yeah, yeah. which is a soul that um, right. that him, I don't know what Bato is, but I assume he's mostly prosthetic since he's got techno eyes. Yeah, um, I'm that, not sure. That, well, I was going to say um, the major has a ghost because she's all prosthetics, but she was a person, is a person. Right. Um, and the other robot wasn't. Yeah, but the major has had a prosthetic body for most of her life. Yeah, um, the Major mentions that when she first got her prosthetic body, she was really bad at controlling it. And she says, I crushed a doll that I loved. And that's like, oh, you got your prosthetics when you were a child. Yeah, very young. Like if you if it was a doll that you were like so upset over over losing. I mean, to be fair, if I had a doll that I've had since I was a kid and I crushed it, I'd probably be upset too at this age. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's implying that she was a little girl when she got her her fake body yeah um and then you know the issue in episode two was that um the guy who made the weapons um because of his religion his parents didn't allow him to get a prosthetic body so he died when he was 28 and that's basically unheard of in this world right and um and so he when he dies he asks his brother to put his brain into one of the tanks that he built friend and so the idea is like, is it okay to to do this to somebody? You know, is it okay to give someone an all prosthetic body? And at the end, it was like also kind of vague whether or not he was okay with it. Because yeah. the, I- did- the idea was he was going to go kill his parents, but then the major was like, I don't think that's actually what he was going to do. Yeah, she had, because when she plugs in to fry his brain, uh, there's some leakage of information when they connect um her hacker abilities tend to border on esp yeah um and she leaves the situation with like a doubt about what he was actually feeling Mm -hmm. so 
yeah, all of these, I guess, standalone episodes, even though they're not plot relevant, they're all setting up something about the world or some moral quandary that people have or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, all so, about, um, they're all about ghosts in the shell. Yeah, so I'd say in that case, it's um, pretty compelling because if even the filler episodes have a message to them, it's it's always interesting to watch because a lot of times in anime, people will skip the filler because it's usually super inconsequential. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking particularly about like major sh- shonen, yeah, uh, like Naruto for example. When I used to watch it, um, we would skip most of the filler episodes because they didn't mean anything to the plot. Sometimes they were funny, but like usually it was just kind of like. This is nothing. This doesn't add anything. Right. There are shows like that where it's just like, oh, well, it's just going to be another inconsequential fight. You know, it's like, uh, like there's a, a decent reason to like skip it. Sometimes certain filler episodes are very funny. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, sometimes when you're very invested in characters, it's fun to just see them go on sort of like a side. Oh yeah, I mean quest. we've. We've like, definitely watched our fair share of... I mean, we've watched all My Hero Academia. We don't skip yeah. the filler because the filler is good still. Yeah. Someone gave me a um, a, a guide to like what episodes of Sailor Moon to skip, and then I just watched them all anyways. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, because for some shows, like this show, I would say, um, what you would call filler is still enjoyable to watch and is still consequential. Yeah, plus a really significant part of this story is in the world building. Yeah, and this one, it's not only is it interesting to watch, but it's also useful for understanding the show. Yeah, I don't think that you could jump into the complex plot of this season without watching sta- some standalone first episodes. Yeah. What it, happened to that sentence that got away with me? No, got I got from you. Me. Um, it would have been nice to see a complex episode um, in these first three, just so I could get something of the plot but you do you feel hooked anyways i do feel hooked like i i can't imagine that it goes another few episodes without a complex one like they've got to jump into the plot before episode seven (laughs) definitely before that i think it's like episode five maybe yeah five was my guess um so i might um skip four and go to five and see what the main plot is I know I'd, mm-hmm. I just said that, you know, I wouldn't skip the filler or whatever, but I do want to see what the plot is. I'm, I'm very curious. And like I said, I wish I got a taste of it in these first three because I just really want to know what it's about. And because all I have to talk about right now is is the world and all of that. But I'm definitely you interested. You want to know what the main driving force is going to be. These these first three episodes definitely got me interested in seeing what the plot is and in oh. seeing what the rest I of it is. I just double checked in episode four is the first complex episode. What the fuck? <laughs> but, hey, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes these things happen. I think that those first three episodes are very important foundationally for the understanding of like the upcoming themes are of the ghost and the shell. Yeah, so definitely this is a show that I will watch at least one more episode of. Yeah. Again, I'm just like super curious about what the actual plot is going to be. We should watch episode four together. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to ask you what you think about the cyber brain. 
The cyber brain? I don't understand how it works, but that doesn't mean anything. I can help you with that. Okay, go for it. Okay, so, um, it is a device that will contain, uh, protect, and interface with a brain that has been artificially augmented. Um, minimal cyberization of your brain is only for the purpose of, like, the external memory and the wireless communication stuff, which is what, which is why I suspect that Togusa... Uh, and the chief might have minimal cyberization uh, because I'm not 100% clear on the technology, but the brain is essentially, with minimal cyberization, identical to its biological form, uh, just with some, like, interfaces in, like, the the cerebellum or something. So where Um, is the cyberbrain? It is in your head. Is it encasing the real brain? Uh, Yeah, I think the uh, prime minister... I mean, the, um, what's his name? The minister, I'm not sure if he was the prime yeah, minister. Yeah, it was a minister of something. Minister of something in the first episode, I think. Yeah, his brain, like, he probably definitely has organic in there, in that case. Okay. So, with minimal cyberization, you've got, like, a thin titanium shell around your brain, uh, where you can, like, go beyond that with, um technological like interfaces and computer elements inside your brain like removing parts of the cortex mm-hmm. um, and in some cases um, like as much as like like there a full cyberization of the brain can occur none of that means anything to me what do you mean the sci-fi-ness of things is um, can be tough if you aren't well versed in in the world okay um yeah so i don't know what like minimal cyberization is it's just a brain that's in a case (laughs) it's just a brain that's in a case and you can take it out and you can take your brain and you can put it in something else okay and you can plug stuff into your head we touched on this a little bit last week um i just wanted to keep it as like a running theme Mm -hmm. um how does this show fit in with your concept of what sci-fi is? Um, well, it's not exactly cyberpunk. Um, I believe this is based, I mean, cause it's all, it's all based around this speculative technology of the cyber brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe it, it definitely, plays by the rules of that while still uh, while still presenting these like what ifs about the like ghost Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i feel like it just very strictly goes into the sci-fi category yeah Um, they they raise a lot of questions about um basically like what is humanity in light of people being mostly robot especially the brain being mostly robot mm mm-hmm so I, I would agree. I, I mean, I do think it's heavily sci-fi. I wouldn't say it's not sci-fi. Um, yeah. It's, it's not it's it, not exactly cyberpunk. It's more like... Uh, it's not, you know, S-C-Y-F-Y sci-fi. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, we're in a future world where teleporters exist and, you know, we just hop in our cars and it... And it flies over to where we want to be. It's not like the Jetsons. 
it's speculative. It's, yeah, it's it's speculative. It's it's real world. Like they just again, it's kind of like Black Mirror. They just kind of take some technology mm-hmm. and throw it onto our world. Right. Um, do you prefer that kind of sci-fi? Uh, over what? Like space opera type sci-fi? Yeah. Uh, depends really on what I want to get, but like, um... Because, uh, now we've watched two shows in a row that are speculative sci-fi rather than, you know, traditional, I would say, sci-fi. Would traditional sci-fi be like Star Trek? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think you're, um, I mean, I feel like... I feel like it's all it's all the same to me. Like they're all just speculating to different extents. That's fair. You know, so it's like it's hard for me to divide it based on I'm not sure what like space travel. Uh, Not necessarily. Just like I think the the wildness of the technology in a way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the fantasticalness of the technology, but in like a a nicer world. Maybe so. This is like this is like oh, how technology is bad, and I think traditional te- sci-fi is like oh, this is how technology is gonna be good. I mean, I suppose it's only portrayed negative in this because exclusively it covers crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just um, saying that's that's kind of the only distinction I can really draw, other than like. Maybe it's the, the the contemporary setting. Yeah, that could be it too. I, I'd say that the next two shows we're going to watch are more towards what I would call traditional sci-fi and less of um, this like speculative sci-fi that we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going a bit more out there and wild. We're, we're going a, a little bit more sci-fi. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you watch... Um, God, what's the one I wanted to make you watch that you hated? Was it... See, I remember what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. I think it was... I feel like it was called, like, Black Hole or something like that, but it's not. Dark Uh, Matter. Dark Matter. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, Dark Matter I would call, like, traditional sci-fi, because it's like, we, we got space travel, and we got a bunch of different planets that we're going to, and we got teleporters and this and that. I mean, I barely remember Dark Matter. You could make me watch it for the show and I wouldn't remember anything. Um, well, I won't. Um, I will tell you what I'm going to make you watch after we give this show a rating. Yeah, what do you think about this show? Because I'm not sure what rating to give it. I I don't know. I like. I couldn't really, like I said, I couldn't really get into the show as much. It was really nice getting the, the world set up, but I, mm-hmm. I wish I'd got more of the plot because then I could kind yeah. of give it a definitive rating yeah if you if you saw that episode four you'd know for sure yeah for now i guess i'll give it a savory because the world building episodes are pretty good um mm-hmm. i think i would agree with that but yeah it's just kind of hard to give to make that a definite savory if if i don't know the plot if you want we can just give it savory for now and then between now and next episode you can watch that fourth episode and see mention if your opinion changes at the start of the next episode um as everyone will probably notice uh this episode is going up a day late because my power was out yesterday due to irma 
And um, so if we watch another episode in the next six days, in addition to the three episodes of the next thing we're watching, it's going to be kind of difficult. Um, yeah, maybe. I will give an update at some point. I'm just not sure it'll be next week because we got a lot of stuff to get through. Yeah. So there, there we go. The show uh, goes in this shell. We got a tentative savory for that. Um, we were both hooked. I assume you've watched more than I have, so I'm going to speak yeah. for you. <laughs> next week, we're going to be watching a show called Almost Human. Oh, that's what your pick was. Um, which only has one season, um, but I would say it's more traditional sci-fi because it's definitely far future rather than near future, I guess is a better, better distinction to make in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, if you're excited for the video game Detroit, uh, don't be. Watch Almost Human instead. (laughs) You don't know anything about Almost Human. You kind of told me about Almost Human. It's like Robocop, right? Yeah. Um, no, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, but yes. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, it's, it's another cop show. I told you I would make you watch more cop shows because surprise, surprise, I love them. So that's what we're getting up to next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sci-Fi September. I don't think I mentioned it last week, but we have a new banner. It's pretty much the same, only like a whole lot better. I'm just really proud of it because I made it. So, ha. Huh? <laughs> it's good. Thank you. Um... Yeah, so catch us on tvdpodcast.tumblr.com, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, that's always dark helpful. magic. Um, if you have any suggestions, leave that at tvdpodcast.tumblr.com slash ask. Otherwise, we will catch you next Tuesday. Yeah. Tell Bye. us, would you get a cyber brain? Bye. <laughs>